You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here is your host, it's Mr. Carl Stebbings. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 54 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me in my kitchen studio, as always, is my trusty co-host, Matt Smith. Evening. And how is Matt? He's all right, yes, yes, all very good. I'm very excited because it is Friday today. It, it is, is Friday. Friday the 27th of March. Uh, we're recording mm. in the evening. We were hoping to have a guest, unfortunately, that hasn't come through this week, but we're already set up to go, so we thought we might as well do the show anyway. Yes, yes. <laughs> but no panic, we, uh, we've uh, got uh, things in plan oh, yes. uh, to have yes. uh, the guest on yes. next week. Next week, yes, Carl. Which will be great. So you're joining us then, as Matt said, on the 27th of March, and uh, time's just coming up to quarter to eight in the evening. Indeed. It's rather chilly outside. It's turning, it's turning very yes, cold I'm, outside, I'm, Matt. I'm beginning to regret having come over here on my scooter, I'm not oh. going to lie. <laughs> it's going to sure be a be chilly fine. journey home. I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah, you're going to oh. light the fire just to annoy me, aren't you? No, <laughs> no, I was thinking of lending you a scarf. Oh, thank you very much. And a woolly hat. <laughs> I shall need both of those, thank you. So uh, we are here uh, to yes. uh, bring you episode 54. There's mm. been It's been a uh, not such a great uh, start to the week, uh, aviation-wise, no. um, in, uh, in Europe. And uh, we've got that coming up in the news uh, yeah. shortly. But Matt... You've uh, you've had a had a great week, uh, coach driving as usual. I think so. Yes, I haven't broken anything. That's always a good sign. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. I didn't startle you too much the other day when I when you, you did saw a me in bit, town. Actually. Yeah, it's, 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 it's sort of, sort of, saw this arm come out of the side of a car, and I thought, what on earth is that numpty doing? And I thought, oh no, hello, it's Carl. Yes, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> you really got the full full blast of my horn. I'll tell you. I know. Oh, <laughs> and Matt's horns on his bus are very they loud. They are quite loud. Yes, yes it's, very it's, loud. Uh, any any sort of coach key out there it's a it's a van hoop body with a with a with a Ooh. daf engine oh blimey yes. you've lost me there yes okay <laughs> sp320 if anybody's interested but anyway <laughs> so so anyway those of you who listened to last episode will know we had uh, grant mccarran from the Indeed. plain crazy down under yes, podcast how on. Awesome was that? and that was brilliant we had a few um audio gremlins, gremlins yes, um, again, but um, yes. we've uh, been toying with a few extra pieces of equipment this we evening have, to try yes, and sort those yes. issues out so hopefully next time you shan't have those um volumey type issues don't, don't mind me i'm just pouring a drink I'm so matt's sorry. just pouring himself out a cool <laughs> glass of orange juice as we record i must say the catering this week has been particularly splendid yes you've been he's been fed I he's have, been fed yes. and watered yes has uh, has uh, matt so uh, he's fully ready yes. to go we, we, we better get on with it yes i'm in need of a nap now. Oh, so <laughs> right so we're going to start off things as we do then uh, every week with the rundown of the news from around the world and the uk so if you're ready then matt oh yes let's go so as we said then at the beginning of the show uh, it's been a really sad week this week mm. for aviation uh, we've obviously seen uh, this is on sky news as site we're getting the updates as they come in live mm. Uh, on the crash of the uh, German wings Airbus A320. And so the story uh, at the moment then is prosecutors investigating the German wings plane crash have said that uh, there were indications that the co pilot had uh, or hid an illness from his employers. Uh, Andreas Lubitz has uh, been accused of deliberately flying the aircraft into a mountainside in the French Alps shortly after preventing the captain from re-entering the cockpit. Uh, all 150 people on board the aircraft died in Tuesday's crash. Police said 400 to 600 pieces of human remains have already been retrieved from the site, uh, but no bodies were intact. Uh, in a news conference, prosecutors said Lubitz had a sick note for the day the Airbus A320 crashed during a flight uh, from Barcelona to Dusseldorf, but never told the airline. The sick note, which would have prevented him from flying, was among several found torn up during searches of his flat in Dusseldorf and the home he shared with his parents in the town of Montbar. The prosecutors added that the documents showed the 27-year-old had an existing uh, illness uh, that, uh, and was receiving medical treatment, but uh, that no suicide note or claim of responsibility for the crash 
was found. Um, this is a terrible tragedy, Matt. It is, I mean, it, it is an awful this story. when this bro- the news broke of this, um, I yeah. mean, I was at work and uh, I just could not believe it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously when the news broke that this was yeah. the result yeah. of the CBR when they when they played back the cockpit voice yeah. record and they found this was the reason why. It's, it's, sad. it's terribly sad. Terribly uh, sad. I mean, um, well, obviously, uh, f- f- on behalf of us all here, obviously, all, all our hearts and, and thoughts go out to uh, everyone that's been affected by what is an awful, awful story. I mean, yeah. y- it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I guess, on the one hand, and I don't mean to make light or, or be flippant of this, uh, I guess Airbus must be breathing a huge sigh of relief, if I'm honest. Um, but, I mean, that doesn't decry from the awful sort of human tragedy that... Uh, goes with this terrible story as you say it's um there's obviously much more still to come out of this and um it sort of goes to show the the sort of the, how, how amazing these black box black box recorders are and how uh, yeah. robust they are yeah. i mean when you th- it was fairly well damaged the pictures mm. they um mm. there's if you go on to uh the aviation herald site which is yeah. a brilliant site yeah um, there's a lot of pictures on there which yeah. um, show the crash site and also the state of the black box, the re, uh, really? CVR, the cockpit yeah. voice recorder, um, which yeah. was in a fairly, fairly bad state. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just can't imagine what if it must have been. I mean, <laughs> I mean they, they said that you could hear that the, the, the pilot was trying to get trying back, to back in, knocking yeah. the door, trying yeah. to break it down. Uh, and then I think another headline said that the recording clearly stated, or you could clearly hear the breathing of the other pilot that was very calm and and all that. I don't know. I I I, I cannot imagine what it must have been like. A for the people on that plane, and B for the families for all this to come out. I mean, it's it's just it's just awful. But we're not going to dwell on that, obviously. No, um, no. As um, uh, I say, we our, our our hearts and minds all all go out to those who have been affected by by this and. Um, so moving on to uh, the next story then, following on from that last one. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is on the BBC News uh, website, uh, bbc.co.uk, uh, or bbc.com if it's uh, from around the world. And the, uh, the headline is, Airlines Across the World to Change Safety Policies. Obviously, this is in reaction to the story we we're talking about. Airlines across the world have begun requiring two crew members to always be present in the cockpit cockpit in the wake of the French Alps crash. A number of major Canadian, Norwegian, German and UK airlines have all pledged to change their policies. The UK Civil Aviation Authority said it will monitor the situation as the crash investigation develops. Lufthansa said that uh, no matter how good the security, ultimate nothing could stop a rogue pilot. Um, Medical assessments uh, involving Air Canada WestJet and Charter Airline and uh, Air Transat, Norwegian Air Shuffle, major German airlines including Lufthansa and Air Berlin, EasyJet, Monarch Airlines, Virgin and Thomas Cook have all confirmed that they will be changing their safety policies. The change comes after UK airlines were told to review procedures following Tuesday's Alps crash in which 150 people Died. The new procedures will mean that two crew members must always be present on the flight deck. The change comes after it emerged the co-pilot of the German wings flight 9525 had apparently locked himself in the cockpit before crashing the plane into the mountains below. Monarch Airlines have introduced the new procedure with immediate effect. Chief Operations Officer Nils Christie said the revised protocol is now mandatory for all Monarch uh, passenger flights. In addition to this change, we will continue to carry out our eyes-on checks where cabin crew regularly enter the flight deck during the cruising phase of the flight to check on the pilot and the first officer. Budget airline EasyJet said it will require two crew members to be in the cockpit of its aircraft at all times from Friday the 27th of March. Canada's government has issued an immediate order requiring two crew members to be on the flight deck at all times. Transport Minister Lisa Riet said that the government is reviewing all policies and procedures and is watching the situation in Europe very closely. German Aviation Association, representing Germany's biggest airlines, including Lufthansa and Air Berlin, says they plan similar rules. Spokeswoman Christine Christine Colmer said that the plan will be uh, presented to German aviation authorities on Friday and the airlines will implement it as soon as possible. A Virgin spokeswoman said, we always ensure... 
we have the highest safety standards and while it is our common practice to have two members of our crew on the flight deck at all times in light of, in light of recent events we are now in the process of formalizing to this policy and a thomas cook spokesperson said we are adapting our procedures to ensure there will always be two people on the cockpit so yes that really is um sort of a step forward a I change guess. that yeah. is is going to be for the best i think um, yeah. getting this implemented i mean as a, a country there's a few other countries around the world that do already mm. have the rule where when one of yeah. the flight deck personnel leave mm. a uh, senior member of cabin mm. crew would would take that seat yeah. whilst the first officer or captains well uh, and, and as the, the story alludes to there are several carriers who already have that place uh, that that procedure in place including uh what i was surprised to discover ryanair Hmm. They've been doing it like that for a long time. But, uh, yes, it's all very, all very, very sad, really, isn't it? Mm, very sad. Moving on, though, yeah. on to a, a, um, a sort of happy story, I think this one is. Absolutely. Uh, this one's on the Coventry Telegraph mm-hmm. site. And uh, the headline, Father and Son Co-Pilot uh, Flight from Birmingham Airport. Uh, so the story is uh, on here. It's a great picture as well mm. of the father and son. Um, a father and son pilot duo have taken to the skies together for the first time. John and Luke Sharples, who both fly for Monarch Airlines, took their first flight together from Birmingham Airport uh, to Turin on Saturday. Dad John, who has worked for Monarch for 29 years, told how almost 25 years ago to the day he was flying a Monarch 757 from Madrid to Gatwick when his wife went into labour with their son Luke. (laughs) Brilliant. Mr. Sharples, 56, explained how a call from operations asking what time the aircraft would be landing alerted him to the fact that something was up. He said... It was a bit unusual to get the call from Ops in that flight and was on time and due to land after midnight as planned. It later transpired upon arrival at Gatwick uh, that my wife Liz had gone into labour and had been taken to hospital. Unbeknown to uh, me, operations had kindly arranged for a taxi to be waiting to whisk me to the hospital where Luke was born 15 minutes after I arrived. Mr. Sharple's son, uh, Luke, who is 25, said his father inspired him to follow in his footsteps and become a pilot. He said that uh, Dad really is my inspiration when it comes to flying. Aviation was all I knew from a young age, and the house was full of books that were either flying-related or an aviation manual of some kind. Father and son pilot duo, um, in the shown in the picture here, uh, started logging uh, flying hours, um, which his son did, towards his pilot license from the age of 14, and he was flying because he, uh, before he could drive. <laughs> uh, blimey. Uh, he was, uh, I was very fortunate, uh, fortunate to have seen much of the world and industry growing up, uh, going away on trips with Dad and back then before um, the locked flight uh, deck door policy. Um, I was uh, sat in the, on the flight deck watching it all at first hand. I've tried other jobs in different industries, but nothing compares to flying. I agree with him there. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Mr. Sharples, who has flown uh, Monarch's fleet of Boeing 757s around the world for the past quarter of a century, recently re- uh, retrained on the new Airbus fleet and said his son Luke is now more experienced in flying the new planes. He said that this flight will be a little strange for me in that I'm still quite new to this type of aircraft, although I have over 21,000 flying hours. (laughs) Luke will be the uh, more experienced pilot on the Airbus. I will be expecting some constructive criticism. And I bet he's going to get it. His, His son added, I took Dad for a few flights after I got my first flying license, but this will be the first time we've flown on a jet airliner together. And this is a fantastic is story. A brilliant story, isn't um, it? Yeah. You know, have, uh, being able to sort of fly with your father, but actually <laughs> on a passenger jet I know, together. That's a bit, that's, yeah, wow. how brilliant is that? No, it's a, it's a lovely story. It is a really lovely story, and, and may they both have a great deal of success together. I think. Oh, definitely, definitely, good on them. There'll, good be, on there'll them. be some serious arguments though <laughs> over the dinner, t- <laughs> over the Sunday lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your, your landing was a bit rough, Dad. Yeah, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> pass me the pass me the sprouts. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Anyway, the next story. This is on the mail on. This is mail online, 
Uh, and uh, the headline is Ryanair reveals new on-time landing jiggle, jingle after passengers voted to scrap the original trumpet-heavy tune. Ryanair is getting a makeover, and it's all starting with the new on-time jingle. The music is being rolled out on all aircraft as part of Ryanair's Always Getting Better campaign following a Twitter poll last year that saw customers vote to remove the original trumpet-heavy tune. It was released on Ryanair's YouTube page along with footage of what the brand new Boeing 737 MAX 200 will look like. Thank you for flying Ryanair, the recording says. In fact, actually, I'm not going to read that out. I'm going to ask Carl to play it for you because we've downloaded it so you can hear it for yourselves on this podcast right now. So here we go then. It's Ryanair's new jingle. Thank you for flying Ryanair. Last year, over 90% of our flights arrived on time. We hope you enjoyed yours and we look forward to welcoming you on board again soon. Ryanair. Low fares, made simple. The new jingle is currently being rolled out on all Ryanair aircraft and is part of our ongoing improvements to the in-flight experience, Robin Keeley, the airline spokesman, told Mail Online Travel. Our customers voted to remove the original trumpet fanfare through a Twitter poll last year, and this is our newest version. So, what do you reckon? <laughs> I, I quite like it. Yeah. It's less um, in your face as the old one um, used to be, because yeah. that was fairly. Ugh. I, mm. I, it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see though, Matt, and you'll agree with me on this. Mm. How that will sound through their PA system, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. because as yeah. you know, yes. even more so than I do, yeah. the speaker quality <laughs> is pants. Is pants? Yeah. It is yes, officially on pants. aircraft. Yes. Yeah, no, so it'll be interesting to see what that sounds like. It will. Yeah, yeah. it'll be interesting to see, see the outcome. But I don't know. I, I, part of me, it's so the the the, the fanfare trumpet <laughs> heavy is so synonymous with Ryanair, and it was always used to find it. I, I used to laugh because every time it would go off, it, okay, I know it's supposed to be celebrating another on time flight with Ryanair, but it's usually more of a celebration of the fact that we sort of successfully landed without dying do you know what i mean it's just well like... <laughs> I, I mean i have to say i mean they, they play the jingle to say that they got there on time yes um but it, there's been a few occasions where um sorry i'm just pouring an orange juice out <laughs> oh there's been a few occasions where i've flown with ryanair yes. and we've landed i don't know sort of seven or eight minutes yes. late and yes. they've still played it really yeah <laughs> oh no that's just i rude. think that's yes yes that's, that's not good no indeed so moving on then to our next story on yes. ttg digital um the business of selling travel site um bit of a sad story really this one is flyby are to scrap uh, the new london to dublin route uh, flyby looks set to axe flights between london city airport and dublin after only seven months of operating the route according to uh, weekend reports the airline began running flights from London City in October, offering routes to Belfast, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, Exeter, Dublin and Inverness. However, rival airlines hit back, uh, with British Airways launching five daily flights between uh, the city and Dublin. Flybe has already scrapped its Inverness service and has cut the frequency of its flights to Exeter. Now its four daily flights to the Irish capital will finish in May, while flights between Dublin and Southend will also be halted, the Sunday Times reported. Chief Commercial Officer Paul Simmons said, Overall, passenger numbers are below our projections and there are no signs of this situation changing. That's a bit shame, Matt. But, is, I mean, you said earlier sad, that yeah. it's possibly because of the, the sort of charges that, um, mm. that were incurred at London yeah. City Airport. Well, I mean, I, I remember, I think, I think it was one of your top tens, wasn't it? And they were actually saying that um, London City Airport is one of the most expensive airports in the world to park your car at. And, mm. you know, that isn't going to help. Perhaps well, that, that's the same for aircraft. Yeah, possibly. Well, I mean, you know, it's right in the heart of the capital, and I don't suppose landing fees are are, are reasonable, shall we say. No. Um, But, you know, it's always a bit of a shame, especially when you're seeing on the whole that aviation and and flying in general, you know, is very much an upward trend. Mm. It's a bit of a shame, really, that uh, to see any any routes um, sort of being cancelled, really. Because I bet there was people who used those routes, mm, right? Imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, otherwise, they were, I mean, they must have thought there was a demand for it. Otherwise, mm. they, they wouldn't have started. Anyway, on to the next story. This is on the Bournemouth 
Echo of all places, and it's another Ryanair story. Uh, and the headline is Ryanair cut seven summer routes from Bournemouth Airport because they don't have enough planes. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Ryanair will only run nine routes from Bournemouth Airport this summer because they don't have enough aircraft. Last year, the airline ran 16 routes from Bournemouth during the summer. The budget airline confirmed their summer timetable from Bournemouth Airport would include destinations such as Parma, Barcelona, Faro, uh, Alicante, Malaga, uh, Murica, Tenerife, Malta and Gran Canaria. Uh, Maria Macken, Ryanair's UK sales and marketing manager, said due to aircraft capacity constraints, we've had to reduce our operations in Bournemouth this summer. However, we remain committed to Bournemouth and we will operate nine summer routes, including Palma, Faro, Alicante and Malta, uh, while our aircraft capacity will increase as we take delivery of 383 new Boeing aircraft over the next nine years. The news comes as low-cost airline Flybe gets set to begin their new operation from Bournemouth. I wonder if those two stories are related. I'm just reading on um, Ryanair's site map yeah. and their uh, fleet list. Yeah. And at the time of um, this site going live, which wasn't wasn't many, many uh, mm. months ago, um, Ryanair operates 303 Boeing 737-800 aircraft. Um, but they've got 175 new aircraft they ordered in 2013, um, and their fleet will grow to over 400 aircraft um, just to the end of last year, mm. uh, expanding to almost 500 aircraft by 2019. Right, yeah. Uh, the average age of their fleet being five and a half years old for their it's aircraft. Quite, that's it's quite young Really, fleet. in aviation terms, mm. I, I mean, because it what... The, the, it's not in. It's not unusual to see a Boeing sort of seven, seven three seven, um, sort of being around about the twenty mm, sort of twenty twenty five yeah, five years general. old. So yeah. actually, they're they're running a, a considering they're a, young a, budget, a budget airline. Mm. I mean, they're they're running a very, very young. But fleet. it's funny. This story says they haven't got enough aircraft to um to do. To they? do. Uh, on the, it's at obviously the, at a common problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it's, it's not not news to them. Boeing need to um to. To make more aircraft Indeed, fast, faster. To uh, to yeah, definitely do yeah. this. Yeah. So next story then, moving on is yeah. on the. Here we go, Travel yeah. Weekly site. <laughs> Bit of slow in broadband there, and uh, we are it, in the sticks. That is right. American Airlines, mm-hmm. our friends across the pond there. Uh, they uh, American Airlines goes double daily on two U.S. routes from Heathrow. Blimey. Second daily flights from Heathrow to Philadelphia and Los Angeles are being added by American Airlines from the end of the month. Uh, The new transatlantic services will run to the U.S. uh, east coast city of Philadelphia from March the 30th, which is only a few days away, Mm. uh, and Los Angeles from the 29th, which is definitely only a few days away. (laughs) Two, in fact. The Boeing 757 flight to Philadelphia departs Heathrow at 8.20 in the morning and arrives at 11.40 a.m. local time, with the return departing at 9.45 a.m. and arriving in London at 10 past 10 in the evening. The new Los Angeles service, using a wide-body Boeing 777, leaves London at 12.15 p.m. and arrives at 3.30 p.m. local time. The return flight then leaves at 5.30pm and lands at Heathrow at 12.25pm the following day. Ah, this is great then, News. If you yeah. want to go to, uh, across to New York, yeah. more chances uh, to, uh, to, well, to fly different aircraft. You've got a choice there, 757 well, uh, and, if you and, want to fly to Philadelphia, yeah. or the 777 if you uh, want to fly to uh, L.A. I'm, I, I, again, it's the whole aviation astounds me thing. It's, it's, I, I honestly thought it was a longer flight. To get to the states, oh, it is. It's eight or nine. Well, it's not, it's not more than that, actually. Oh, I, yeah, I've no, never flown yeah. to the states myself, yeah, so I I'm, can't say. I'm, I'm not taking into account the the time difference, am I? Yes, that's, the time difference. You've got to remember. You look at it. You think, oh, it's only about three and a half hours. That sounds <laughs> lovely. Yeah, that. <laughs> By Concorde, you may have been yeah, sort oh, right. of following those sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, those timings. Ah, Concorde. Good old Concorde. Oh, I, hey. I still, I still to this day do not understand why they phased out that aircraft and they didn't have something to replace it with. 
There was actually sort there was a, uh, a, a section on one of the other podcasts I listened to. I can't remember which podcast it was. You've now, been but moonlighting they, again. I know, I know. I listened to <laughs> lots of other great podcasts out there, mm. and they were discussing. There was a chap they had on one of their shows that um, that was on there talking about the demise and the why they got rid of Concord and mm. stuff. So. Um, it's a shame. It, it was is. a shame. No, it is. So next story. Yeah, next story. This is on the Business Traveller website, and the headline is Norwegian plans daily Gatwick to JFK route. Ooh, the states are getting a real boost in, in air, aircraft travel at the moment. Uh, Norwegian is planning a daily service between London Gatwick and New York JFK next year. The carrier currently operates a Boeing 787 Dreamliner on the route uh, six times weekly in the summer and four times weekly during the winter. From February the 23rd, it is proposing to fly the aircraft daily between the two cities, reports airlineroute.net. It is likely that this will mean Norwegian is awaiting approval from the US Department of Transportation. Outbound service DY7015 will depart Gatwick at 10 past 5 in the evening and arrive at JFK at around about 8 o'clock. It's another one where it sort of feels like, looks like time travel. <laughs> 5, 6, 7, it's like 3 and a bit hours. We need, we need one of those clocks and, on the wall we in do. here yeah. that shows <laughs> you different stuff. On every day apart from Friday, return service DY7016 will leave GF, JFK at 22.30 hours and land at Gatwick Airport at 10am the next day on Fridays. DY7016 will depart New York at 10pm and arrive in London at 9.30 the next day in the morning. This this winter, Norwegian will add a third weekly service between Gatwick and Los Angeles. Um, so yeah, no good good news for the, the lot, lots of routes going to and from London um, to to, to America, which is good. It's good. It's great. I was just actually looking. Um, I thought you were distracted. I know. I was distracted. <laughs> well, I, I was actually uh, intrigued as to find out how much it would cost you to um, fly to Los Angeles mm. um, with Norwegian, just yeah. as a matter of interest. As a curiosity. Um, so from Gatwick to, to LA. For sake, don't accidentally buy a flight. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to click on buy now. No. <laughs> Gatwick to LA, mm -hmm. uh, which is flown with the, the 787 Dreamliner, yep. the wonderful aircraft it is. Yes. Um, flying on a Saturday from Gatwick to LA. Yeah. Right, it's an 11-hour flight. Right. Um, how much do you think that is in economy? Lon London Gatwick to LA, um, in economy with Norwegian. Have a, have a guess. I would say Wild about guess. 550 quid. No. No, okay. Higher? No. Lower? Yes. Goodness me. Um, 300. The flight is yeah. uh, to fly from LA, uh, London Gatwick to LA on a, on a Saturday, funnily enough, the 14th of June. Okay. Um, or sorry, the 14th, Sunday the 14th of yeah. June, sorry, Sunday. Um, 399. That's good. One way that is, that's not to get to LA. Story, that's yeah. quite good, isn't it? That's fine. One way is fine. <laughs> I'll just dial in from from the states. It's fine. I'll just just one way ticket there will be fine. <laughs> um, a uh, seven hundred and forty seven pounds will get you the premium cabin oh. Oh. with Norwegian, but but still four hundred quid um, for you know to get to yeah. LA. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Despite what I think, because I'm stupid, you know, it's actually a longer flight than, <laughs> than yes, three. eleven hours. Right, eleven hours. Yeah. So moving on, next story, mm, yeah. uh, business traveller one, this one, and BA reduces planned A380 service to Miami. Oh. British Airways will fly a daily A380 service to Miami next winter instead of a previously announced double daily super jumbo service. The carrier had planned to operate A380 aircraft on both BA206 and 207 and BA208 and 209 between London Heathrow and Miami from October the 25th. It is now decided to roster a Boeing 747-400 onto the BA206 and 207 service, reports airliner.net. Flight BA207 will depart London Heathrow at 10 past 9 in the morning and land in Miami at 13.55 local time, with the return service BA206 taking off from Miami at 17.10 and arriving back in London at 06.30 hours the next day in the morning. The A380 service will see flight BA209 leaving London Heathrow at 13.35 and arriving in Miami at 18.20 local time, 
with the return flight BA208 leaving Miami at two, uh, 2050 and landing in London at 10 or 5 past 10 the next day. So it's good news for competitors, not necessarily good news for BA then. So you've got American Airlines who are increasing mm. their services between here and, and the States, and then BA are reducing them, which is a bit of a shame. The 380 as well. Mm. They obviously um, are finding it hard to fill yeah. the super jumbo um, yeah. on two on a twice daily service. But No, that's not good, is it really? Shame. 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 Anyway, final story final in, story. in uh, this week's news section. And this is from the Cornish Guardian. And it's shock as Newquay's classic Air Force attraction announces closure. Uh, Newquay's uh, Classic Air Force Museum has closed its doors for the last time just months after directors promised they would be keen to keep it open. A statement posted today on the Trust's Facebook page, directors said financial pressures had forced the attraction to close. The news has shocked aircraft enthusiasts who were assured by trustees last December that the organisation remained committed to staying in Cornwall. Volunteers at Classic Air Force told the Cornish Guardian last year that they feared the attraction would suffer irreparable damage when many of its flying aircraft were suddenly moved to Coventry Airport. But Classic Air Force spokesman Mike Collett said in December, we've not been secretive about what's happening, we're committed to staying in Cornwall. The exact shape of next year's Newquay operation is still being thrashed out, but you can be sure that we'll be there. Since the trust relocated from Coventry Airport to Newquay in March 2013, the the planes have been based at the 60,000-square-foot former Nimrod 404 hangar at RAF St Malgan, rented from the Cornwall Council-owned Aerohub. But the trust said rent costs for the hangar had increased to an unsupportable £250,000 a year, leading to directors to confirm the museum's closure. The statement read, as Airbus gets airborne for 2015, we have to announce another side to the coin with the closure of our new key site. This has been an incredibly hard decision, but the costs of maintaining two attractions are too much to justify given our status as a charity. Our focus is now on our traditional home here in Coventry, where we'll be doing more flying, more events and adding more to see and do than ever before. Our task now is to maintain the fantastic visitor reputation of our Cornwall's guys achieved as the number one attraction on TripAdvisor. Thank you, guys. You've done a truly outstanding job. Well, that is very sad. I'm, I'm a big lover of Newquay. Uh, so it's a shame to see a, a, an attraction. It definitely is. I, I mean, I've just looked on the, on their website. I mean, the, their website is still uh, very much in, in in you know is going active, running yeah. active. Um, but uh, as the story you've got there in front of you does say that mm. uh, it's closing. Um, just looking on on uh, one of the, the quick adverts on Google for the um, the museum, and it does say yeah. it is closed. Oh dear! Which is a great shame to it lose is. to lose a museum. It is. Um, we've got one on our doorstep here, which you know has a great display of static mm. aircraft. That yeah, at the, Flixton. Flixton's doing uh, really is, well. Yeah. Which is all donation based yeah. uh, mm. by the public. They were recently on the news, in fact. Oh, were they? Mm. I must yes, have along that. with um, my friend Stuart. Oh. Yes. Learn something every day here. Yes, every day's a school day. Right, so we're going to bring uh, the news segment to a close, yep. mm-hmm. and we are going to come back to you after this. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Fisher. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there oh. we go. <laughs> so the new GE Aviation GE9X engines they're building for the new 777X have a 10%... Carl, Carl, what on earth are you on about? It's like a different language. Here at the Plane Talking UK studios, we like to do things a little differently. 
If you've got a keen interest in aviation, join us each week where we'll give you an in-depth rundown of all the weekly news from around the world with a focus on what matters to us here in the UK. With regular interviews from people living and working in the industry, we'll take you behind the scenes of some of the biggest air shows, airports and airlines from across the globe. To find our podcast, take yourself to www.plaintalkinguk.com. Look for us on iTunes, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. The Plane Talking UK podcast, the show where we talk plain English made by a passenger for anyone. Yes, we do, don't we? Apparently so. Yes, we try to anyway. <laughs> so we've got some military... Why, why have we got to play our promo oh, again? Remind I know, me. It's I know. like they're already listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about it. We thought we'd drop that in we there. Just, um, just for a laugh, Steve yeah. and Grant over at PCDU have been very mm, kindly uh, have, playing our jingle ours. on their show, which is great. Yeah. Um, and uh, we thought we'd play it on ours. See what, it's, <laughs> see what it sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have a splattering of military aviation news uh, to uh, play or to, to chat to you about. So mm. uh, if you're ready, Matt. Yes, yes. Right, let's go. <laughs> messing our jingle up there. So we have got uh, a, f- a few stories in, and we're going to kick off uh, on Flight Global with uh, the first story. And this is regarding the Swedish Air Force, uh, which receives its last Gripen C. Saab has delivered its final Gripen C ordered for the Swedish Air Force, with the fighter having been flown from its Linkoping final assembly site uh, to Kaling Air Base near Ronby on the 19th of March. Aircraft 39294 is now assigned to the Air Force's F-17 wing at the base, which is located in southern Sweden. Flight Global's uh, Milcast database records Sweden as having an active fleet of 65 Gripen Cs and 20 D-model trainers prior to the delivery. The service total fleet of the type stands at 74 and 24, respectively. The next single-seat fighter to be delivered to the Swedish Air Force will be the first of at least 60 Gripens to be manufactured in the Advanced E configuration. Saab is uh, under contract to hand over its first example of the larger and more powerful model during 2019, with Brazil also having ordered 36 of the new generation type. Meanwhile, Sweden's Defence Materiel Administration says testing is ongoing in Linkoping prior to the release of the Crippen's MS-20 operating software standard. The new software load will enable the Gripen C and D to deploy new weapons including MBDAs, Meteor Beyond Visual Range Air-to-Air Missiles, and Boeing's Small Diameter Bomb and also provides a radar system enhancements for the single-engine type. Uh, These look very like the F-16, don't they? Yeah, slightly. Uh, Yeah, apart from the F-16 has quite a large air intake underneath uh, the fuselage. But bodywork-wise, yeah, Mm. if you you kind of half the aircraft, take the the front section away but leave the back, it is very similar to an F-16, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, very nice, look, very nimble-looking aircraft, mm. actually. But you notice, Matt, on this picture on here yeah. on uh, Flight Global site, how short the tail fin is. Mm. It's a very short tail it fin, is. isn't it? If, off yeah, you'd have expected to be taller, wouldn't you? Mm, for the gripping, but um, yeah, but no, I'm sure they know what they're doing. I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving on to our next story. Okay, yes, uh, and this is. Uh, on Flight Global again, and it's the Royal Australian Air Force's first F-35A pilot takes to the skies. The Royal Australian Air Force's first pilot of the Lockheed Martin F-35 Joint Strike Fighter has completed his first flight in the type. On the 17th of March, Squadron Leader Andrew Jackson conducted a flight in a US Air Force F-35 from Eglin AFB. Florida, says Lockheed, Australia received its first pair of F-35As in 2014, with both examples going to the US. SAF 30 F35 training school at Luke AFB in Arizona. They are de- designated AU1 and AU2s. 
Canberra has firm plans to buy 72 examples of the stealthy type and could obtain an additional 28 aircraft. The Royal Australian Air Force's first F-35A squadron will be three squadron, which will re-equip with the jet at Luke AFB in 2018 before returning to Australia to conduct national-specific Uh, operational tests and evaluation work. The F-35A will replace Australia's fleet of Boeing F-A-18AB's classic Hornet fighters. Ah, Indeed. A bit of news from uh, Australia. Across the pond. pond. Indeed. Definitely. Right, so moving on to our next story, Mm -hmm. Flight Global again. And Airbus starts delivering training training versions of the uh, UH-72. Airbus Helicopters has rolled out the first UH-72A Lakota off the assembly line that will be delivered straight to Fort Rucker, Alabama, as the U.S. Army begins to replace more than uh, more than 180 uh, Bell Helicopters, the TH-67 Creek primary trainers. The latest UH-72A to emerge from the Airbus helicopter assembly plant in Columbus, Mississippi, is part of the program's steady growth since being selected as the Army's new fleet of light utility helicopters in 2006. In addition to the original older Army order, uh, the U.S. Navy and the Thai Royal Air Force have placed follow-on orders for the minimum uh, medium, sorry, twin UH-72, which is a direct copy of the civil-certificated H-145. In 2014, the Army also announced that it would acquire another roughly 106 UH-72s to partly replace the single-engine TH-67 fleet. Those new build aircraft will be combined with another 80 UH-72s that will be repurposed from the Army uh, Army National Guard fleet. Uh, the new assembly or newly assembled UH-72 in a Columbus will join seven operational UH-72s that have already been delivered to Fort Rucker to begin the transition from the TH-67 fleet, says John Burke. Airbus president uh, of the UH-72 program. Another roughly 15 UH-72s are being uh, modified for the training role. Configuration changes including an instructor pilot seat and removing certain mission equipment, Burke says. The decision to replace the TH-67 with the UH-72 will fill the backlog for the Columbus plant for several more years, with 25 aircraft expected to be delivered in 2015, Burke says. Now you've got uh, a little bit of info on the UH-72. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 the, 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 the UH-72 itself, because the 72A is obviously a slightly modified version of that but uh, the basic headlines is is it's a Eurocopter UH-72 Lakota is a twin engine helicopter with a single four-bladed main rotor the UH-72 is a militarized version of the Eurocopter EC-145 which is the one that we Um, quite often see in the um, displays and things isn't it Uh, and it was built by American Eurocopter now Airbus Helicopters a division of Airbus Group um, but the 72A is basically a light utility version of the same thing. So it's a slightly smaller uh, aircraft than the sort of the standard Eurocopter. Mm. But um, a very agile looking craft, actually. You can, you can tell from the... It's one, I mean, because I, I saw the Eurocopter at uh, Waddington. Oh, you um, did, they, yeah. They did yeah you were at Waddington. And it's, it's funny, even though it is a, a very different version to the one I saw, it, it's got, a, it's got a, um, a Eurocopter look about it. Does that make sense? You sort of look at... A bit like you can. You can look at, a, you can look at a, say, like a Boeing plane and without knowing that it was necessarily made by Boeing, you can look at it and say, oh, that is a Boeing. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a very, very agile, very stylish, obviously, in the military green. As you would expect, <laughs> not not the military grey there. No, 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 no. Military green, I think, is the way to to describe that colour. Certainly. Anyway, on to our final story. Oh, I like this uh, one. This and is this great. This is the Royal Air Force's website, and the headline is the Twenty Nine Squadron Tail Art. Oh, this is different. So it's, this is not in uh, re- regulation grey either. Then <laughs> it's still. It, it, uh, yeah, this is on the RAF 
dot mod site this one oh right yeah 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 so 29 squadron uh, based at the royal air force in coningsby lincolnshire revealed a striking new paint scheme to mark the 100th anniversary of its formation the typhoon aircraft featuring ruby red and champagne gold colors is derived from the squadron's badge the badge shows an eagle in flight praying on a buzzard with the motto impigia et asa which is energetic and keen the tail plane surface surfaces depict uh, different aircraft that have been flown by the squadron during its 100 years of service officer commanding 29 squadron wing commander james heald dfc said i think the aircraft looks fantastic a fitting tribute to all those who have served on 29 squadron and a great celebration of our centenary 100 years ago 29 r squadron was first raised at a unit of the royal flying corps at gosport hampshire and is one of the world's oldest fighter squadrons, the second British squadron to receive the Eurofighter Typhoon. It is the operational conversion unit for the RAF's world-class multi-role aircraft. 29R Squadron began the Second World War with its Blenheims, which uh, at the period operated as day fighters, especially on convoy protection patrols. And then from June 1940, it became a night fighter squadron, receiving some of the first bow fighters in November, though it was February 1941 before the squadron was fully equipped with the new fighter. Various marks of the D. Havi- I think it's Havilland Mosquito. Apologies if that's pronounced. Havilland, yeah. Havilland. Havilland, oh, yeah. Havilland, sorry. Yes. Havilland Mosquito were flown by the squadron from May 1943, culminating in the Mosquito's NF-30. From the middle of 1944, most of the squadron's missions took it over to the other side of the continent, as this year also commemorates the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Britain. Wing Commander Heald, Held, sorry, said, uh, as a Battle of Britain squadron ourselves, we are privileged to have our line as an aircraft commemorating the 75th anniversary of the battle. The team responsible for the design and output of this magnificent new scheme should be exceptionally proud of themselves. It is a very striking uh, design, actually. I think, it, I think it's very, very striking in the fact that you're not used to seeing a, an aircraft of that type with sharp colours on it. Bright, yeah, bright sharp, yeah. Sort of red yeah. and gold. And, and, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a lovely-looking uh, lovely wing. And, uh, again, a nice, nice that, that uh, the 100th, 100th it, anniversary is being marked. It's kind of, that red is kind of like the virgin red. It, it is, isn't it? Like yes. The virgin sort of colours, yeah, red. very much so. Um, but it'd be nice if we see that. At the air shows this year. It will, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers Fingers crossed, crossed. yeah. So that uh, brings our military segment to a close uh, for news this week. Uh, We uh, were going to have a segment from Pip, but he's putting together a rather huge um, few segments for us for the show. And he's going to hopefully have them for us um, next week or the first part of his segment next week. Uh, Pip's going to be uh, bringing a segment all about uh, how uh, his complete day starts. Oh, cool. uh, right yeah. from when he, you know, he, he uh, does his planning and stuff for his flying, and yeah. right through the flight, right through to wow. literally right through everything that he does hmm. um, in a day. Wow. Uh, which is going to be awesome to hear. Sounds that. like an entire show in its own right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we have got uh, we've got a few uh, dates for your diary yes. uh, for air shows. Mm-hmm. Um, the first uh, air show kicking off in April will be the Festival of Power at Santa Pod Raceway in Northamptonshire uh, in the UK this year, and uh, there's going to be uh, some uh, Spitfire Marine aircraft or Supermarine Spitfire um, Grace. That one mm-hmm. we've seen that at a few air shows. Yeah. Uh, there'll be some Yakolovs and the Pitts S1 Special. Uh, flown by uh, our favourite Lauren Richardson, uh, is going to be there on the Friday uh, cool. at the Festival of Power at Sands of Pod. Wow. Uh, Lauren, who I met uh, at Seething last year, at the air show last year, um, brilliant display pilot. Oh, brilliant. Um, there's uh, also, uh, later on in April, you've got the old Buckingham Wings and Wheels, mm-hmm. which is in Norfolk, yep. in our county here in Norfolk. And uh, there's going to be some uh, a few little displays in the air there as well, hopefully weather permitting. Yes. Uh, one of the big ones uh, for May um, on the, ca- the calendar um, is going to be the one at... I've been trying it here. I'm just, I did have it ready here, and it's just disappeared. 
Where are we? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, it's this one here. The Shuttleworth yep. season premiere air show at Old Warden, Bedfordshire. Um, it's 70 years since uh, Victory in Europe Day or VE Day and they're going to have uh, an awesome display from a lot of aircraft um, Matt you've, uh, you can see this in front of you you want to pick out yeah. a few of the ones you recognise yeah. on there so, I mean, there's, also, there's the Lancaster there's the Spitfires Hawker Hurricanes um, you've got the, 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 the Fairy Swordfish you've got um, the Hispano um, wow God, it's quite a lineup. the Gloucester Gladiator that'd be yeah, awesome yeah, and the P-51 yeah you've got the Blackburn the, the, the BAE Systems Blackburn B2 there's uh, the Avro 19 load. oh wow yeah, that's going to be, be on the 3rd of May yeah that one the 3rd of May yeah so don't forget, me and Matt will be at Riyadh this year, mm. uh, later on in the year. That one's yeah. in July at okay. Riyadh. And me and Matt are going to be there this year at the air show on the 18th and 19th, yep. uh, which yeah, is the Saturday and Sunday. And so make sure you come say hello. So definitely. And I also had some good news this week. Did you? Yes, I did. I had some really fantastic news, that, mm-hmm. which kind of made... Made my year. Right. Good. I know we're only in March, but it made yes. my year. Um, I had. Not peaking too early, are we? No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really nice email back from uh, one of the guys at um, Malta International Air Show. Ah, uh, which your is second home. My second home, yeah. My second home. And uh, spoke to one of the chaps there. And uh, he's sorting us out some media passes oh. for the Malta Air oh, Show this year. Yeah. Um, which, funnily enough, coincides with my holiday. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> what do you mean, funnily enough? I'm under no illusions here. No. It's been planned around it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. okay. You, just haven't told, you just haven't told the wife yet. I did actually have to tell her, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. yeah. She's probably um, looking forward to a couple of days of peace and quiet, frankly. Well, no, her, her actual comment was... Oh, um, no. <laughs> Is it suitable for radio? When I, post, <laughs> when I posted the fact that, uh, you know, I'd heard from, uh, from the yes. media guys at Malta that, um, that I'd got the media sort of things yes. and stuff, uh, her reply was, as long as I'm left at the hotel yes. with uh, plenty of euros yes. euros wine, wine. Yes. Um, you can go and do whatever, <laughs> whatever you Whatever the like. heck you like. Yes. yes. So I shall be going, uh, fingers crossed, and toes and everything, I shall yeah. be going to the Malta Air Show this year. It's I'll be there, good. but uh, I'm taking the recording equipment with me, and mm. hopefully I'll get some great interviews there yeah. um, with the not only the organisers, but uh, also hopefully some of the uh, static display acts and stuff while I'm there. And we will no doubt do what we did when you were in Lanzarote, so and we'll, yes, we'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll do we'll do a show from the there show as well. will go on yes, while I'm there. Yes, it just be me in charge of the desk. Oh, this could be so, all the power. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a, a short show this it week, has, yeah. Um, but uh, like I said, next week, fingers crossed, we have got uh, a huge guest mm. uh, going to be joining yes. us via Skype yes. on the show. Yes. Uh, but we've, keep, we've sorted uh, out the gremlins. Yes, we sorted out the gremlins. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> next week uh, we we should have a massively fun packed yeah. show again. Yes. Excellent. So that's where we're going to bring episode 54 to a close of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Don't forget, uh, if you've got any uh, feedback, questions, or uh, anything you want us to cover on the show, please do contact us uh, via our website, uh, which is at... uh, Uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com. Yeah, just click on the Contact Us tab, and you can send us an email, which... We have had some emails have this indeed, week. Yes. Don't um, forget also Facebook there. and Twitter. Yep, yep. Um, Follow us on Facebook. And, and there's Plain Talking UK on both of those, isn't it? Yes, it yep. certainly is. You'll see us on there. And we sort of tweet and uh, mention things on there. Yes, so, yeah, please get in touch. We want to hear from you. Yes, so that's it then for this show. Yep. Thanks for listening again. And uh, we look forward to bringing you another show next week. Uh, which will be episode 55. 55, We will see you all next week. Goodbye. So from me, Carlos, it's a very, very chilly outside Mm -hmm. and cold, but happy goodbye. Indeed. And And from from, you? Yes, indeed. Uh, from, from, From Matt, it is also goodbye. Bye.